gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of us. And so, Father, today we are gathered in your name to study your word, to hear from heaven, to yield to your spirit. And because of that, Father, we believe that according to your word, you are here in our midst. And so we thank you for that, Father. We welcome you here among us. And Father, we thank you for the divine fellowship of the Spirit of God. And Father, we thank you that in your presence, no sickness and disease can stand. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? You know, in his presence is everything, right? Uh, and... Um, we have the great privilege as children of God to be in the presence of God, to um, uh, sense his presence, to enjoy his presence. The New Testament says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Um, and there's no better way to be refreshed than to spend time uh, in the presence of the Lord. Uh, most of the time we think that the, the best way to get refreshed is find a beach chair somewhere in the south and go uh, see white sands and water and which is fine. I like going to the to the you know to the sands and the beaches, and as long as I put on enough sunscreen. But um, uh, I don't have to put on any sunscreen uh, when I'm in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so we thank the Lord for being good and kind to us to grant us the access to His presence. Amen. Amen. You know the great veil was was torn in two at the at the. Uh, crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, right, and representing that we now have access into the Holy of, Holy of Holies where the presence of God dwelt. And so um, we can enter into any time we want to into the presence of God. Amen. And um, it's to your advantage to do that. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's to my advantage. It's to our advantage to do that uh, because he can give us insight and revelation and wisdom. You know, sometimes sick, sickness and disease is not uh, always about healing. Sometimes it requires a change in lifestyle, right? Sometimes it's something that we're doing that's causing that sickness and disease that if we would change that thing, whatever that thing is, uh, then, um, you know, we can obtain healing, amen? Uh, and so um, it's still supernatural because it's revealed knowledge, right? It's not knowledge that we had otherwise. And so, um, so we thank the Lord for that, amen? amen. And so... Uh, we can live free from sickness and disease, amen. Yes. Uh, and so we had talked. We started talking last week about uh, King Hezekiah and how he had gotten the uh, decree from the prophet Isaiah that uh, set your house in order for you know you're going to die. And then, um, uh, even though it was the great prophet Hezekiah, still the Bible says turned his face to the wall and prayed to God. And then Isaiah came back and said, okay, um, I'm going to add 15 years to your life. Of course, Hezekiah wasn't in as great faith as he could have been because he said, well, prove it, you know, give me some sign. But the Lord was gracious to give him a sign in that. I'm not sure that would go as, as well today because we have the Spirit of God in us who is the great witness, right? The Bible says that he's in us to bear witness with us that we are children of God. So you've got to be careful about looking for... Uh, uh, things that were obviously a lack of faith in the Old Testament, but successful and trying to apply them today in the New Testament because we are held to a different standard in, in the New Testament since we have the Spirit of God in us. Uh, in fact, Jesus said that it's a wicked generation that seeketh after a sign. Uh, and so, uh, of course, they were wanting a sign to prove that Jesus was the Messiah other than the, 
the thousands of healings that he did. You know, well, we need something different. Well, people are assuming that uh, miracles will produce faith. Well, they saw a ton of miracles and Jesus walking on water and turning uh, water into wine and feeding 5,000, feeding 4,000. Well, we want a miracle that that uh, meets our uh, requirements. Uh, and so uh, Jesus didn't give them what they asked for, right? Yeah. And so we've got to be careful in demanding that the God in heaven prove his existence to us. Amen. Yeah. And of course, I don't think that, that this group in here does, but I know plenty of people who really believe that, uh, Lord, if you'll show me a miracle, I will believe. Mm-hmm. Even though that, that's, you know, directly the words of Thomas, right? Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, and, uh, and of course, Jesus was appearing to the, to the disciples and he told Thomas to check it out. And he said, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Uh, and so uh, the Lord will always promote faith. He's always going to advance faith in our lives, especially in the New Testament. So be careful about, well, I'm going to be like Hezekiah and ask the Lord for a sign. Well, he gave you a sign by returning and, and answering your question, you know, that uh, you're not going to die. And he's going to give you 15 years. That should have been sufficient, right? Uh, and so you remember when you got to the New Testament, remember uh, Zechariah uh, uh, and Elizabeth and uh, Angela appeared to Zechariah and said, hey, you're going to have a child. And he said, well, how, how, you know, I'm old. You know, how can you prove that? I mean, how, how do I know? And, and, and he said, because of your lack of faith, you know, you won't speak until the child comes. And, um, uh, and so... You know, the Lord didn't give him as much grace as he gave some of the people in the Old Testament, right? And so, um, even though he still wasn't born again, but he was a priest of God. He should have known better, right? He had studied the Word of God and studied uh, all these miracles. He, he should have known better, right? And so, uh, he was held to a higher standard because of what he should have known. Even though he didn't know the faith that he, that he should have known, he should have known it, amen? The Lord held him to a higher standard, amen? Uh, and so... But he did all about to say the king still was able to get away with it in the sense that he, he was given a sign uh, that the, dial, the sundial would go back 15 degrees and, and uh, prove to him uh, that that would happen. Uh, and so, you know, despite it not being a perfect example of faith, it's still a good example of, of faith, though, right? Uh, because um, he used his faith to change uh, what the Lord had decreed. Uh, and so if left unchecked, if he had not prayed, he would have died. You know, we don't know how soon it was, but it sounded pretty imminent from what uh, the decree sounded from the prophet Isaiah. And so uh, he used his faith to change that. It would not have changed if he had not prayed. It would, not, it would have stayed the course and he would have left this earth. And so how many things in our lives that we get the report from the doctor or whatever and 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 we do nothing to change it. We accept it, uh, and we say, I guess that's my lot in life to bear, uh, and not realizing that it's changeable, right? Especially if it's a decree from the natural realm, it's all, everything in the natural realm is temporal, right? Everything in the natural realm is subject to change. Uh, and so, uh, especially if it's a decree from a doctor, well, that's, that's changeable, right? Uh, and so, what should our response be? I will live and not die, right? Uh, Psalm 118, I will live and not die and declare the salvation of the Lord. Um, and so, uh, and so then, then uh, uh, Dr. Yeomanson kind of goes through some, some uh, scriptures and examples of people who faced adversity and, um, and then did something about it, right? And she starts out with, in Mark 9, 23. We know that particular story. In fact, I think it'd be good to just go over there and read that story there. 
you know, the Lord is not looking for people of perfect faith, right? He's not looking for people of, of uh, I mean, if you have perfect faith, that's great, right? But perfect faith is not necessary for something to happen, amen? Uh, I mean, Hezekiah did not have perfect faith. He needed a sign. Uh, Gabriel didn't, or not Gabriel, but uh, uh, Gideon did not have perfect faith. He needed a sign, and yet the Lord still worked through them, amen? Um, what you will find, and what I've observed just, uh, just in general is, as you progress in the Lord, the Lord does expect more faith from you, right? He does expect you to have more faith and does expect you to walk in that faith. And, it's, and that's why it seems like for some Christians that, wow, when I was a baby Christian, it seemed like I could pray for a pink elephant and get three of them in the mail tomorrow. But today, you know, after being a Christian for 50 years, I, you know, I pray for, you know, a cup of soup and I can't get anything. Uh, and uh, and it's not so much that God has changed. It's just that his expectation of you has uh, has gone along with the amount of time that you've known him. Right. Uh, and you can go to Hebrews chapter six and see the progression of faith that he talks about uh, uh, in our lives that we should be having. Amen. And so, you know, Mark chapter nine is not unlike uh, Hezekiah. In the sense that this man here does not have uh, perfect faith. We know the story that uh, it's the son with the epilepsy. And let's start in verse 20. It says, And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him or convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Uh, and so Jesus immediately called for, is there a doctor among us? And, and uh, you know, to, to do something for the child? No, he didn't do anything. He said, asked his father. Ignored the child wallowing on the ground, foaming, and starts talking to the dad, right? Uh, how many of us could, could not panic in that moment, right? How many times would we not immediately uh, jump down and try to provide some type of, of uh, uh, medical support for the child? In fact, I was reading one translation uh, from the Word of God, and, and, and basically every time there was a miracle, it always shifted the, the translation to imply that natural remedies were, were applied to the sick people in that moment uh, as opposed to a supernatural remedy and bandages and, you know, uh, aid and that sort of thing was, was applied to the sick at that point in time, which is not the case, right? All of these are spiritual, supernatural miracles beyond the natural realm. And this is a great example where Jesus completely ignored the convulsing child and starts having a conversation with dad. And, I, you know, uh, something about that, I just... You know, it, it, it just it encourages me because Jesus was never moved by natural circumstances. Uh, and he, he was not uh, affected by what he observed in the natural realm. Uh, and that should help all of us because uh, I've been in situations, I'm sure you've been in situations where something happens, right? You know, uh, that somebody takes the turn for the worse, right? Uh, and, and remember uh, Jay Iris' daughter, that on the way they came and said, don't bother the master anymore, your child has died. Uh, and, you know, Jesus said, well, uh, Jay Iris, man, sorry, bud, we, we did our best. You know, we, we were on our way, and if we'd have just gotten there sooner, uh, sorry, you know, sorry, it's, it's, but we're going to blame this Phoenician woman because she interrupted us, right? And, and so, uh, but, uh, you know, you got any other kids? Maybe they'll, maybe we can pray for them, right? Um, no, what did he do? He said, uh, uh, he said, only believe, right? Uh, and so, so he starts asking his dad in verse 21, how long is it ago since it came upon him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, uh, thou, uh, 
uh, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And I don't know, um, uh, I should have got a copy of our, of our book here for that particular verse, Chris, but I'm going to see if, um, uh, I just, uh, I'm going to look it up in, in my app here and see if I've got that, a few translations. We'll just, uh, there's several translations in this that I'm going to see why the if, you know, uh, and because um, there's some great translations of what Jesus said here in verse 23. Yeah, here we go. Uh, and so other, uh, what, what Jesus said you know, the way the King James is written, if thou canst believe all things are possible, it sounds kind of very casual. And you know, that's not that's not the way Jesus responded at all. Uh, he uh, it was really Jesus was asking him a question. He was because the man said, if thou canst do anything. Yeah. Right. So he was basically questioning Jesus ability to to help in this situation. Now, the man brought the boy to the disciples just prior to this. Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. So. No doubt he was heading to Jesus. Where's he at? I don't know. He's up on the mountain somewhere. Uh, and so, hey, boys, you know, you've been with him. Now, before this, it wasn't like the disciples hadn't done anything. This was after Jesus had sent out the 12 disciples to go and heal the sick. He said, go out and heal the sick, you know, and, and raise the dead and, and uh, cleanse the lepers. He told them to go do it. And they came back. Lord, uh, even the devils are, are subject to thy name. Uh, and so they had had experience already themselves doing this, right? But, you know, in this case, you know, uh, they didn't know what to do. And, and, you know, sometimes it's got to do with, um, uh, and I, we don't know all the details about it, but it very well could have been that this, you know, seeing a child convulsing and foaming might have given them a little concern, right? And they might have kind of slipped over into the natural realm and got a little nervous about, well, you know, what are we going to do here, right? Um, and so, so uh, the man came to Jesus for obviously knew that Jesus did these things, that Jesus was capable of doing these things, and yet he still started out with, if you can do anything, right? Uh, uh, and so he said, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And so one translation says, anything, anything you can do, question mark, echoed Jesus. E- everything can be done for one who believes. Uh, if, if you can do anything you say, everything is possible for the man who has faith. And Jesus said, uh, if you are able, all things are possible to him who has faith. So Jesus was kind of turning it back on him, right? Uh, and, and he was really uh, kind of confronting him that, you know, how dare he even ask if you're able. Uh, Yeshua says to him, what do you mean if you can? Everything is possible to someone who has trust. Uh, uh, like this translation says, now Jesus said unto him, why the if you are able to believe all is possible to him who is believing. Uh, and and uh, he says, uh, uh, one translation says, it is not a question of whether I can do anything. Rather, it, it is a question of whether you can believe. Anything can happen if you can believe. Uh, I like that trend. It's not a question of whether I can do anything because it wasn't a question of Jesus could do anything, right? Uh, of course, the Message Bible always has a great translation because, you know, they're very uh, uh, colorful, right? Uh, it says uh, it just says if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Uh, and so Jesus said unto him, uh, if you can, all things can be done for one who believes. Uh, and and so uh, I don't know how many more translations I got there, but uh, I'll read this last one. It says uh, the only difficulty lies in your own unbelief. You can put an if upon my ability. I've returned it upon your faith. 
If you are but as ready to believe in my power and mercy as I am to exert them, all will be well. And nothing shall be found too difficult for me to do. Uh, what say you then? Do you really believe that I am able to do this great thing for your son? So that's what you would call a paraphrase, right? And so, uh, but he's trying to bring out the, 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 the whole interaction there that, uh, uh, and what you find in situations like this when you read multiple translations, many times you read multiple translations and they're almost exactly the same, right? They're exactly the same as, a, as the King James. But then you get in some situations like this and, and because of the original language is so big, they couldn't constrain it into these simple words from the King James. So, uh, so it's helpful, right? I like Brother Jason's translation. What's his? Only believe. That's right. Um, and so uh, he said... Um, uh, and, and I still kind of like the Message Bible, you, you know, if there are no ifs among believers. Um, yeah, no, there are no ifs among believers. Uh, and that would help a lot of things, right? Because how many times do people say that? So a lot of times say, people say, well, Lord, if it be thy will. And Jesus said, uh, you know, he, why the if? There are no ifs among believers. Uh, he said, all things are possible to him that what? Believe. believe. So if you say, if it be thy will, is that a statement of faith? No, so, so Jesus is rebuking the use of the phrase, if it be thy will, by saying all things are possible uh, in a definite sense, right? This can be done uh, if you will believe. Uh, so, so where does Jesus push the if back to? He pushes it back to us, right? All things are possible to him that believeth, right? Uh, and so this man tried to push the if onto Jesus. If you can do anything. And Jesus said, if you can believe anything, that's the real issue. It's not whether I can do anything or not. It's not whether if I'll do anything, it's whether you will believe. Uh, and so the issue is always on our side, right? Uh, and that's always been the issue. And that's still the issue today. If you can believe what will happen, whatever it is that you're believing, right? Uh, especially in the area of sickness and disease. Uh, and and so, so I thought it was just good to read a few of those translations. And I keep those with me because... I like reading those uh, some key verses in multiple translations uh, because it brings out some great insight into that verse, right? Because I, I don't think the King James did nearly as much uh, uh, justice to this verse as it should have been, right? Uh, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So Jesus was really rebuking him in his uh, requirement to put the put the if on to Jesus, right? And And I think that's also why even today with the phrase, if it be thy will, you know, really what we're doing is we don't want the responsibility of believing. So we push it onto Jesus and then uh, and then it removes the requirement for us to have faith. And so without faith, nothing happens. So it, it's almost always the case that nothing happens when you say, if it's be thy will. But because we wrap it up in that phrase, we say, well, then it's not the will of God for for somebody to be healed, right? So, so uh, we said, Lord, if it be thy will, then they die or the, the sickness never gets recovered from. And uh, so therefore, it's the will of God. And so we removed all responsibility from ourselves by doing that, right? It's not my response. If it, Lord, if it's your will, so I'm putting it on you. Yeah, and that's really many times what we do in the church is we don't want to take any personal responsibility for faith, right? For us having faith. Uh, and we want, we so, so, Instead of saying, well, Lord, I, instead of being like this man, right, uh, where he said in verse 24, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Uh, 
so the man was actually kind of honest, right? He said, well, I, I believe, I mean, clearly he believed to a certain extent, right? He believed enough to come. He believed enough to find Jesus where he was at. He believed enough to bring his child, you know, which is probably fairly uh, dangerous to bring him because who knows what would happen if the child has an epileptic fit, right? And, and he's not there to, to help him. Uh, you know, bad things could have happened. And, and so the man took a risk and in, in some level of danger to come to find Jesus. Uh, and so, but he's being honest with Jesus. You know, I, I, I really don't have the faith that I, that I should have, right? And some people have said that, uh, that, uh, that when he said, I believe, help thou mine unbelief, that, that he was talking about when he, his unbelief was the child. But I, I think that's, that, that's not being fair to the child, right? Uh, and so uh, I think he was declaring to him, uh, himself that, Lord, I don't have as much faith as I, as I ought to have. So he, he was asking for the mercy of the Lord, and, and the Lord uh, did have mercy on him, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and we appreciate that. We appreciate that sometimes, you know, if we're sincere and honest and say, well, Lord, I don't have, have uh, the faith that I should have. But again, you know, that'll work one, a time or two, but it won't work forever, right? So be careful of, of depending upon, well, Lord, I, you know, I don't really have any faith. Help me by your mercy. Um, you know, like I said, uh, that may work once or twice, but it won't work long time long term the best thing to do long term is to develop your faith in the lord did he say that he was your healer then believe that he said he was your savior and you believe that so why can't you believe that uh, when he said that he's your he's your healer amen it's the same faith it's not different faith it's not special faith it's not uh hard faith it's just faith I, you know jesus said these things that he's our savior and we chose somewhere along the way to believe that and part of the reason why we chose to believe it is because the spirit of god on the inside of us uh, or not before we got born again, but the Spirit of God uh, uh, witnessed to our spirit that when Jesus said he's our Savior, that that uh, that witness rose up in our in our hearts by the Holy Ghost and said, yes, that's true. He's your he's your Savior. Well, the same Holy Ghost will bear witness with your spirits, especially if you're born again, that he's your healer. So it's not like you have to. It's just hard to believe. It's really not that hard to believe. It's it's hard to yield sometimes because. Uh, we our flesh has such preeminence in our lives that that we listen to our flesh way more than we listen to our spirit man. But your spirit man will confirm to you that Jesus is your healer, just as he confirmed to you that that he is your savior. Right. Uh, and so. So Jesus said all things are possible to him that believe. So so how many things were possible for King Hezekiah when he believed all things? He right. He was able to extend his life. Right. By faith. It was entirely by his faith. He requested it. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it wasn't perfect faith, but neither was the faith of this uh, father perfect faith, but clearly he had some faith. Clearly Hezekiah had some faith. They both were able to make a supernatural miracle occur even by not perfect faith. So surely we, with all the information that we have and the teaching that we have and, and, the, and the advantage of having the Spirit of God in us, neither this man nor Hezekiah had the Spirit of God in them, and yet they were successful in faith, uh, successful in less than perfect faith. Well, how much more can you be successful in your faith? Amen. Uh, and so uh, the, the thing you've got to be careful about, uh, not so much in, in our circles, but as a church as a whole, is allowing your flesh to have the preeminence in your life. And, and well, there's no, I just can't believe. There's no way I can believe. Uh, and we will completely short circuit what the word of God promises, what the spirit of God witnesses, uh, by using our flesh and our carnality 
to do away with the value of the word of God in our lives and saying things like, uh, uh, oh, I can't believe that. It's too hard to believe for healing. It's too, you know, there's no way you can believe. Uh, and, and surely don't go to the extreme of, of uh, denying what the word of God says, that God no longer heals today. That's not for us today. Uh, and and uh, has all of you heard that before? You know, I mean, I've heard that before. And, and um, uh, you know, when I got saved in, in a word church, in a charismatic church, it was years before I ever heard a, an actual Christian say something like that. You know, I, I didn't know, even though that was a thing, because I didn't even know healing was a thing when I first got into the church. And they started talking about how God's a healer. And like, I'm okay. Well, yeah, it sounds pretty good to me, right? I mean, a good God would heal, right? Mm-hmm. It was not hard for me to believe that God's my healer at all. Uh, and, uh, but then years later, as, you know, as I started expanding my, my you know, conversations with other Christians and, and realizing uh, people don't actually believe the Bible. And, and I was really shocked. You know, I, I just assumed that people went to church. You know, they actually believe the Bible. You know, I know that's kind of naive, but, you know, you just assume that. I mean, I'm 15 years old believing the Bible and assuming, well, assuming it's right. And I mean, nobody said it wasn't right. Nobody said it was, well, that's not for us today, right? Uh, and so I'm just, everything I'm reading, I'm believing. It's, and I, I just thought that was normal, right? And, and uh, it ought to be normal. It, it, should, it should not be, uh, they, they shouldn't look at me and go, wow, he's really special. In fact, somebody said that to me one time, wow, you're really special. And I'm, I'm thinking, in what way am I special at all? You know, I mean, you just barely meet the requirements of believing, right? And somehow that's special, right? And so, you know, you're just your average student. And, and so uh, it's... Uh, uh, the Lord is not looking for perfect faith, is he? And so Hezekiah got things changed, right? Um, uh, this man here got things changed. Uh, she talked about how Noah uh, found uh, grace in the sight of the Lord. Uh, let's turn back to ex- Exodus 32. And so, you know, when, when things happen, she kind of, uh, diverts a little bit uh, away from uh, specifically healing and kind of in the general part of life when when bad things happen, who do you turn to? Uh, and so, you know, the answer should be to the Lord, right? Uh, you shouldn't turn to your to your handgun or to, you know, your words you should turn to the Lord, right? And so here here we are in um, uh, Exodus 32. And let's start in verse uh, in verse 30. So uh, it says, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, you have sinned a great sin. And now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin and if not, blot me, I pray thee out of thy book, which thou hast written. Uh, and so who did Moses turn to when things got ugly? He turned to the Lord, right? Uh, and of course, this, we know the context of the stories when they made the golden calf and said, this calf has brought us up out of Egypt, right? Which is kind of dumb. Uh, and so, um, but Moses turned his face to the Lord, right? He turned his face, he went back up on the mountain and, and uh, prayed to the Lord, right? And he even offered himself as a sacrifice, didn't he? Right? He said, uh, if you can't forgive them, uh, then uh, blot me out instead. Uh, that, that's a pretty big a pretty big deal, right? I mean, if you won't if you won't repent, I'm not sure I would ask the Lord for me to take your place, right? I'd be like, well, Lord, uh, let's hope for the best, right? I guess you know, I just. Uh, but that was Moses, right? He was always that fella that, that would be willing to do that. Uh, and so, uh, let's turn over to First uh, 
1 Samuel here and another story that, that she brought out. And I, I like this particular story. Um, you know, it's always amazing to me how quickly people will turn on you, right? And so uh, it says here, uh, let's start in verse 1. It says, uh, this is 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and spitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken women, the women captives that were therein. And they slew, uh, they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Uh, and so uh, he says, um, so David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Now, these men have been with David for a long time, right? Uh, they have been with David in battle and all kinds of things. And, um, uh, you know, they'd known each other for a long time. But when all the women and children were gone, uh, they were taken captive. Uh, it says in verse, uh, uh, well, we finished verse three. It was burned with fire. Their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And that's fair, right? You know, they're weeping for their 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 uh, wives and children being taken captive. And even in verse five, and David's two wives were taken captive. Uh, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of uh, Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. Uh, so what did David do? Did he run and hide? Um, no, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, and then, of course, uh, David then asked of the Lord, what should I do? And, you know, should I overtake them? And the Lord said, go overtake them. Right. And so David supernaturally overtakes them. Right. Uh, and and actually there's we're not going to go into it, but there's some other good parts of that story. You should read the rest of that chapter about, uh, you know, sometimes people think that my job is more important than your job. Right. Uh, in the body of Christ. Uh, and uh, David said, no, everybody's job is important. And everybody, so if everybody's doing their job, everybody gets an equal share. Uh, that's part of the rest of that chapter there. But, uh, but the, the key here is that David encouraged himself in the Lord, uh, which is kind of what Hezekiah did, right? Um, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And, uh, and, and who was on David's side at this point in time? Uh, nobody was, right? They all were talking about stoning him. And so sometimes your only recourse is to turn to the Lord, right? To turn to him uh, and um, uh, uh, pray to him. Turn your face to the wall. Turn your face to the Lord and cry out to the Lord, right? Uh, and somebody's got to be the person of faith. Somebody's got to do the praying. Somebody's got to do the believing. Uh, and David was this man. You know, they all were weeping, but David was the only one who turned uh, to the Lord, right? Uh, they were all emotionally distraught, but David was the only one who turned to the Lord. Uh, and um, uh, and because of that, you know, he asked the Lord, what should we do? And the Lord said, pursue and you'll you'll get everything back. And they got everything back. Right. Uh, all their children and wives and stuff back and more stuff because they overtook the enemy. And so uh, it's a good story. But, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, especially in the area of sickness and disease, uh, you may feel like you're the only one standing, uh, that you're standing alone. Uh, but even if that's true, don't be despondent about it because you and the Lord alone are, are sufficient, right? Yeah. You standing alone with the Lord is plenty sufficient, right? Because uh, uh, sometimes people believe that if, uh, if I can just get more people praying for me, I'll be better, right? 
Uh, and, and, you know, uh, uh, that's assuming that people are praying in faith, right? You say, hey, pray for me. You know, I got sickness. Well, Lord, if it be other will, you heal them of their sickness. Well, then they might as well have said, Mary, Mary, you know, uh, Mary had a little lamb, right? I mean, uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It would have done it, it, the same amount of good, right? Uh, in fact, uh, there's a story that Brother Hagen used to tell about this, this pastor. He, he uh, ended up having tuberculosis, uh, and tuberculosis at that time, you know, was a death sentence, right? You got tuberculosis, and your lungs eventually filled up, and, and you couldn't breathe, and you would die. And, uh, and it was kind of a slow progressing. Sometimes it would be more aggressive, but, but a lot of times it was a very slow progressing uh, sickness, right? And so uh, as, he, uh, as he got the diagnosis, he was still traveling as a minister, and everywhere he went, he's, he would ask people, please pray for me for my healing. Please pray for me for my healing. And he never got healed. Uh, and so finally, he, he became bedridden uh, on his, uh, uh, his, his uh, I think it was his in-law's farm. And, um, and of course, it's a working farm, so if it's a working farm, they're out doing work, right? And so he's in bed, they're out working somewhere. Uh, and... Uh, uh, he just started meditating on you, Lord. I've asked all these people, all over country, to to pray for me. And uh, he said, if if the quantity of prayer is what is necessary to get the job done, surely I would be healed. Because if they all just spent one minute in prayer, you know, it could have been, you know, hours and hours or days, you know, equivalent of prayer on my behalf. And uh, and if it's done any good, he said, I can't tell. Uh, and so. He came to the realization that, you know, sometimes other people's faith is not sufficient for you to get your get your healing. Right. Uh, and why that is, you know, uh, we don't know what those people actually prayed or how he said it. Right. So we don't know all the specific details of that. Uh, but uh, it wasn't sufficient. It wasn't working on that because maybe, you know, they all they all promised they would. And maybe none of them did. Right. Uh, uh, I'm sure none of us have ever uh, when the, when a minister say, you know, Will you commit to praying every single day? Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray every single day, you know. And he's like, well, well, I, I mean, I'm never going to start. But, you know, I'll, pro- I'll promise to do that, right? Uh, and so, so finally, he, he's, he just uh, uh, he, he got a little bit of strength. And, and there was a, like a patch of trees or rocks or something way off in the field. And, and he just sensed that he needed to go out there and pray and, and find, find God on his own. And, you know, sometimes you'll get that unction. I'm going to have to do this on my own. And David had that unction. David had to encourage himself in the Lord. I've got to do this on my own. All the men that had been with him, right, fought side by side in blood and toil. Uh, he's on his own. Uh, and so he went out there this field and found this little rock and, and, and kind of fell down on the other side of this rock uh, and just said, Lord, you know, uh, I'm going to stay here till I either get healed or die. And so with, with whatever little breath he could breathe, because tuberculosis takes your breath away, he just started praising God and, and, and praying to God. And the devil said, well, you know, look at you. You're out here. Nobody knows where you're at. You're going to out here and die. And he said, well, that's what I said I was going to do. So, you know, why? It doesn't matter if you say that. That was my plan anyway, dummy. Uh, and so, uh, but, but what he, he, he stayed out there and he, and he got fully healed in that moment. You know, but you know, I don't know how long he was out there, but it wasn't immediate. Uh, but he stayed until he fully received his healing. And uh, and it was just basically that that uh, turning his face to the wall. Right. Uh, and, you know, I remember the, the first time that I was supernaturally healed. Uh, I was uh, uh, let's see, I was working there. So I was a senior in high school 
And, um, uh, you know, I was always brought up, uh, you know, you, you go to work until you're dead. You know, that was the deal, right? I mean, uh, unless you're dead, you go to work, right? Uh, you know, uh, and the only times we went to the doctor is if we were dead. Otherwise, we didn't go to the doctor, you know, and so there was no need to go to the doctor, right? And so, you know, I busted my head open, you know, I you be fine, right? You know, I've had uh, the proverbial teeth pulled with pliers, you know, shut up, you know, and then we pull that tooth out, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and I didn't find out till years later, I got a root canal years later, uh, and um, they had, uh, uh, they had given me a price for the tooth, con- the, the root canal, and uh, they went and did it, you know, and I went up to pay, and, and, and it was more, and I said, well, you said it was going to be this much, I said, well, but you got four roots, most people have three roots in their teeth, you got four roots, so you got stronger teeth, uh, which is, you know, now I understand why they had to work so hard to pull that tooth out of my head uh, with pliers when I was growing up. And they really did it. It sounds like a, sounds like a story, though, doesn't it, right? Now, who does that, right? You, you didn't, uh, you, uh, because we didn't go to the doctor, right? Uh, you know, you'd be fine. You know, we'll just jerk it out with the pliers. You know, that's why God invented pliers, right? Uh, and so uh, they, you know, two or three of them held me down, you know, as I screamed as best I could. And, and then, then uh, they jerked it out of my head, you know. Uh, and so... <laughs> It sounds like a story, doesn't it? But uh, so that was the way. That's the way I grew up, right? You go to work or die. I mean, it was, you know. But I, I couldn't go to work. I was too sick to go to work, and I don't know what it was. Now, see that that was after my parents died, so I had no insurance. I, you know, I couldn't go to the doctor. I didn't have any way to pay. You know, I'm I'm destitute, right? I, yeah, and so, so I, you know, I, I don't know where where I learned it, but I said, well. I'm going to go lock myself in the bathroom until I'm dead. I mean, that, my, those are my only two choices. At that time, that's, that, that's what I thought, my only two choices. I've got to go in here and either get healed or die, you know. And, and, and now I don't even know what was wrong with me, uh, but uh, it was bad enough that I couldn't, couldn't go to work and function at work. Uh, just uh, at, uh, abdominal pains of some kind. Um, and, um, you know, it could have been appendicitis. I don't know what it was. Um, uh, and so I, I couldn't sit up, so I laid on the floor, right? And I look back now, it's like, I laid on a bathroom floor, you know? That, there's a lot of bad things happen on bathroom floors, right? Uh, and so, uh, but you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? That's the best I could do. Uh, and so I just went in there and closed the door and locked it and, and, and um, Lord, I'm here till I'm dead, you know? And, and I'd never heard the story about the tuberculosis man. I, I wish I had because that would encourage me, right? But I, you know, I was on my own, I, you know, uh, but... In times of desperation, I know I couldn't afford it. You know, there, now, you know, what I know now, I could have found some government thing somewhere to pay for my insurance, right? But I didn't know. You know, I'm 17 years old, right? Uh, and so uh, I was probably 18 by that time, but um, I was a senior in high school. Uh, and so um, uh, I'm laying on the floor. And I don't know how long I was there, an hour or so. And but I do remember it was exactly two minutes after 9 p.m. that all the pain went away. I got up, went out, went out of the uh, out of the bathroom uh, and all was fine and never returned. Whatever that sickness was, never returned. Um, And so uh, so and, and, you know, and that was before I knew all these stories. You know, all these stories are great. Right. Uh, But it works. Right. If now that's my faith. Don't go, well, pastor, pastor laid on the floor until you said he was going to die, so I'm going to lay on the floor and die. Well, I don't want to have to come drag you off the bathroom floor for my faith, right? Yeah. If that's your faith, fine. But don't, don't uh, apply my faith to your life. If that's what the Lord tells you to do, then fine, right? That was, that, was, that was my path. I had to do that, right? There's no book, chapter, and verses that thou, if thou shalt lay on the floor of the bathroom, thou shalt be well, right? Uh, and so, 
Uh, so sometimes, you know, these stories encourage us, but sometimes we try to use somebody else's faith yeah. to do that, right? Well, I'm going to go find me a rock and go lay down and, and, you know, and demand that the Lord heal me or die. Well, it wasn't that he demanded that, that, that you know, he wasn't threatening the Lord. If you don't heal me, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. It, it was just the gumption of him that said, this is what I've got to do. Uh, I've tried everything else. I'm going to go and, and, and uh, believe God or die. And so in that moment, he found the faith, you know, because he had the faith. But, you know, faith, like a lot of things, has to be exercised, has to be trained. Yeah. You have to learn how to work the faith. You have to learn uh, in your, to follow your own heart that, Lord, I, I really do believe this. Uh, and so I've got to stand this ground until I get the answer. Uh, and then sometimes you, you may be over in this area of your life. And, Lord, I, I'm struggling to believe in this area. Uh, and so I need some help. Uh, maybe I need to go get some natural help somewhere. So, you know, it, it's uh, in your own life. You, you have to find the exercise of faith uh, in order to, to really understand how it works, right? I mean, we know what the word says. We know that we can believe it. We know that essentially it's a decision that you just, I choose to believe. But uh, we all choose to believe until something bigger comes along, right? And, and then maybe our faith is a little shaky at that point in time. So uh, what I encourage people to do is use the small things in life to train your faith. Because uh, I think about David, you know, we were reading about David in Ziklag. But why was David so, such a great, uh, you know, why was David a- able to, uh, to destroy um, Goliath? Remember the story with, with David and Goliath? What did he say? He, where was he at before he, he fought David and Goliath? Who was he fighting before David and Goliath? The lion and the bear. The lion and the bear, right? Now, later on, David became a great man of war, right? Nobody could defeat him. But before there was a great man of war, there was Goliath. But before there was Goliath, there was the lion and the bear. Well, who, who saw him attack the lion and the bear? No one. I mean, of course, God did, but uh, there was no people there. They, they encouraged David. But he, he trained himself. When nobody's around, nobody's saying, of course, you know, maybe that's not a small thing. You know, well, I would attack a lion like it was, you know, a, a cat. You know, well, it's like it's not a house cat. Right. Uh, but he did, you know. Now, compared to Goliath, the lion and the bear were small. But, you know, I look back and like, I don't know how to go attack a bear. You know, well, what kind of a, now if you go to like the Gatlinburg right after they come out of their, their hibernation, they're all skinny and small. And, you know, well, I take that one, you know, right there. But. You know, if it's a big old grizzly bear, you know, I'm not sure I would attack a big grizzly bear. Of course, a big grizzly bear would stand about as tall as, uh, uh, as Goliath there. But what was David doing? He was training himself when nobody was looking, when, when, when nothing was around. Because even, even if he wasn't able to overcome the lion and the bear and he lost, a, he lost a sheep or a goat, you know, he would still been okay, right? He'd have been fine. Uh, and so it's to your advantage to, in the small things, Train yourself, Lord, this thing, whatever it is, I'm going to believe God for you. I'm going to believe God for this thing right here. And Lord, you know, and what I do, I always talk to the Lord. Lord, show me and teach me in this situation how to believe you. Because sometimes we need some instruction from, from the Holy Spirit. You know, Lord, show me what to say and show me how to believe. And, you know, you're willing to do that, but you need the instruction of the master to show you how, how you're, it's supposed to work for you. Uh, and so do that so that, if anything major ever comes along, you go, oh, yeah, uh, hey, there was a lion and a bear. You know, when David was attacking the Philistines, he's probably thinking, I, I, I attacked a lion and a bear. I got Goliath, you know. Uh, you know. I mean, no big deal, right? You're just another lion. You're just another bear. You're just another 
uh, Philistine, uh, you know, all of them fell to the hand of the Lord, right? Uh, and whatever sickness and disease or aches or pains comes your way, you're just another lion, you're just another bear, you're just another Philistine. Uh, they all fell before the hand of the Lord. Uh, you're going to fall. Uh, and, and, and you'll kind of start getting a little, a, little, uh, a little gumption in your life, right? How dare you, you know, sickness and disease attack my body, right? Remember what David said of, of Goliath? Who art thou, you know, the, thou uncircumcised Philistine who would defy the armies of the living God? You know, you get a little, you get a little testy when the devil comes and, and tries to put things upon a child of the living God. I'm a child of the living God. How dare you attack this physical body given to me by the Lord God himself? You know, I mean, you, you get a little, a little ornery, and, and it's okay, right? Uh, that's what David was. And who art thou, you know, thou uncircumcised Philistine, you know? Uh, it, it's just, that's just such a funny thing because they're like, what are you talking about, uh, circumcision? You know, was, what does that mean, you know? Because uh, that was a Jewish thing, right? It, didn't, it wasn't practiced in the world. Uh, and so, uh, and uh, it's just a great story, right? We love the story of David and Goliath, but that's a story for our life, right? Everything is a Goliath. Everything uh, can be done the same way David did, right? Uh, but to me, the story of David and Goliath is not that he killed Goliath. The story, to me, the story of David and Goliath is what's David's attitude in the whole thing? Fearless, uh, you know, unwavering uh, belief in the Lord and his deliverance. Just, uh, you know, and a lot of gumption. And, and, of course, he was young, right? They all, oh, you know, these are the kids, you know, your child. You know, even his brothers, you know, like... You know, get out of here, you child. You know, and of course he ignored them. Uh, nobody was on his side. In fact, the entire army of, of Israel was there cowering because of Goliath, right? Uh, nobody had faith. Uh, and so sometimes, you just like back here in, in chapter 30, but David encouraged himself and the Lord, his God. You may be the only one standing, right? You may be the only one. Now, fortunately, we, you know, uh, today in healing, you're not the only one standing because we'll, we'll all believe with you. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's going to have to be on your own faith. Uh, and, um, uh, and in fact, I know a fellow who died who said, the reason I'm not healed is because you didn't believe God for me, which is un- completely unfair, a terrible thing to say, and completely untrue. But he tried to push his lack of faith upon somebody else, that it's their fault that he wasn't healed. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, he's in heaven now. I'm sure he's still repenting over that one uh, to the Lord Jesus. You know, uh, I'm sure the Lord Jesus walks by him every now and just goes. And just goes on. Right. And, and he goes, yeah, I know, Lord, I, I'm sorry. Uh, and so uh, it's uh, uh, there. There is uh, there is a time, you know, sometimes when uh, you will have to turn your own face to the Lord and say, Lord, if no one else believes, I believe. Uh, amen. Uh, and so, uh, so then he said, uh, uh, from there, um, she went to Second Chronicles uh, chapter 16. And, and of course, you know, for her, um, um, for her, she had to find the Lord for herself, right? You know, you, you remember her story that she tried every, everything that, to overcome her addiction to the medication, uh, and um, uh, nothing helped. She tried the Christian science, nothing helped, right? Uh, and everybody said, you know, God doesn't heal, and she didn't know the circles. There were people that believed God 
at that point in time because that was the time of John Alexander Dowie. So there was miracles going on in the world, uh, but, you know, she didn't know about them. And so she was kind of on her own. Um, and she, she told the story of, of Augustine. So St. Augustine was around like 500 uh, A.D., uh, something like that, about a thousand years before um, the King James Bible was written. And it says uh, that uh, he related how a man, uh, uh, and I'll just read the story here, it relates how the man with whom he had uh, been with asked to pray and prostrated himself as if someone had forcibly thrust him down and began to pray with what earnestness, with what emotion, with what a flood of tears, with what agitation of his whole body, I might almost say, with what suspension of his respiration by his groans and sobs, who shall attempt to describe? For my part, I could not pray. You know, you've been around in the presence of someone who was praying in, in earnest and praying with uh, the spirit of intercession uh, and, and the force that they pray almost makes you feel inadequate, you know, sometimes. Uh, and so all he could say is, Lord, what prayers of thy children will thou ever grant if thou grant not these? Uh, and so, uh, and he got, the man got the healing because he was praying for healing. Uh, and so he got to observe somebody in great intercessory prayer. Uh, and so uh, he, he received this healing. Um, and Martin Luther also, uh, the original Martin Luther, right? Not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther uh, uh, was praying for his friend on a deathbed. And God must hear and answer now if he would, he, if he would ever have uh, the petition, the petitioner trust him again. Uh, and uh, the man became perfectly well. So Martin Luther, the original Martin Luther, uh, saw miracles in his ministry, right? Pray for a man uh, that, uh, that uh, the Lord would heal him. Uh, and so, uh, and, and that's, you know, two, two stories hundreds of years apart, uh, long after Jesus was gone, where they observed miracles, right? Uh, two great men of God, St. Augustine and, and Martin Luther, saw God's miraculous hand in their lives when they kind of got to that point of turning their face to the wall, right? Uh, that, that they tried everything else and were not successful, and through their prayers and faith, received the end of that. Uh, and so she brings up the verse here in Second Chronicles 69 says, for the, Lord, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, there, therefore from henceforth thou uh, shall have wars. But the first part of the verse is what, uh, what she wanted to focus on. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show him strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. So, uh, and of course, that perfect doesn't mean without failure. It just means, you know, mature towards the Lord. Uh, and so, um, but, you know, the Lord does, uh, he does look throughout the whole land. Remember in Ezekiel, he said that, that he sought for a man to, to intercede, to pray. Right? And, and what the Bible say that he found what? None. He found none, right? You know, sometimes the Lord needs a single person only to, to believe. And sometimes he can't even find, in the billions of people that are on the earth breathing air today, sometimes he can't even find a single person. That's what he said, right? He couldn't find a single person uh, to believe. Uh, and so the Lord's always, uh, always looking, you know, how can I show myself strong? Who can I show myself strong to? And he'll look at, well, you know, they're not interested in that. They're not interested in that. They're busy over there. They're busy over there. You know, and sometimes it's difficult for the Lord to find, you know, a single person of faith. Uh, it, it's unfortunate, right? And, and I'm hoping 
that because we live in the New Testament and he lives on the inside of us, that, that his difficulty has been diminished, that he can always find somebody willing to pray, right? Somebody willing to intercede, somebody willing to do the work. Because for whatever reason, there are certain things that require more work than others, you know. And I have found in my own life just some, some aches and pains or sickness shows up, and I just pray, pray, and uh, I mean, you know, kind of a, of a B-plus prayer and get healed. And in some things, you pray and you believe God and nothing happens. And you pray and believe God and nothing still happens. You pray and believe God and nothing still happens. And sometimes it takes a season uh, for them to occur. I mean, it was just about a week ago, uh, I went home uh, and had a sore throat. Uh, and it was so bad that I had a difficult time swallowing. Uh, and of course, Chris had fixed dinner, so I did, I powered through, right? And so she fixed good food, so I'm not going to miss that, of course. Um, <laughs> you power through. And I didn't tell them, you know, that I was having a difficult time uh, swallowing. And, and I could feel, you know, all of these, uh, all, all these uh, uh, lymph nodes swelling up, you know. And, uh, and, uh, um, and I just believe God, well, this is not going to end uh, in natural means. It will end by supernatural means. It will, it will stop. Uh, and then within a, a matter of hours, it was completely gone. And normally that, you know, usually it's a sign of strep throat or something like that. Um, and that's been a couple of weeks ago now, so don't cough on me or anything. Um, it only lasted for a matter of hours, right? Uh, and, and then it was gone. But those things typically don't last for a matter of hours. They typically last for a matter of days, right? Uh, and, so, um, and so some things, you know, you believe God. And uh, in that area, you know, that, that's happened so many times now that uh, it's pretty easy for me to believe God for that. Uh, and so... Um, so you train yourself, amen, and it's good to train yourself, you know, uh, in those areas. And so, because uh, the Lord, uh, he really is looking uh, to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on our behalf. He wants to do that. It's not that we're begging him to do that. It's not that we're trying to co coerce him or to convince him by our good works or our good position with him that we're worthy of his grace and worthy of his power. He's looking to do that. Who, you know, I mean, it's like, who wants to be healed, you know, and, and he's just looking around, you know, who's going to raise their hand. And, and um, you know, just like the other day, I brought uh, donuts to the, to the uh, my students and I brought uh, like three dozen top shelf donuts, right, from the donut shop, right, and uh, all fresh made that day. And I, I brought donuts for y'all and they all sat there like a, like a lump in a log. And I, you know, I had to kind of coerce them, you know, y'all come up right now and get them. And as soon as I said that, then they were, you know, they, they, they finally came. But, you know, I had, to, I had to work at it a little bit, you know. I mean, if I just walked in, I was a student and smelled the donut. I'd just gone up a gut one. I'm assuming they're for me, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, and so, uh, but they, nobody had that gumption, right? They're all kind of timid and shy, you know, and I understand. But, but sometimes that's the way, that, you know, the Lord has all these donuts for everybody. And he's like, well, you know, I don't want to be the first, you know. I don't, I don't want to look like, you know, like I really want the donut, you know. And, uh, you know, one of the kids got two of them, you know, he was said, this is for the one, the person sitting next to me. And I said, well, that's what I would say too, right? It's for, I'm getting six of them. It's for all the people around me, right? But you're sitting by yourself. Well, you know, uh, and so, um, so is the Lord looking, uh, he, is he still looking to and fro throughout the whole earth? He hasn't stopped looking, right? He's still looking. Who can I show myself strong to, right? Who can I answer their prayer? Who can I yield to their faith, right? Uh, who can get their phone to stop ringing, right? Uh, and so um, the Lord, the Lord uh, desires to help us. Amen. 
the Lord desires to be, to, uh, to be strong on our behalf, amen, on my behalf, right? That's what he's looking to do, on my behalf, right? In behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Uh, and so it's a, it's a good, uh, uh, that's a good verse, right? It should encourage us, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so let's answer a few questions. You want to? Because uh, there's only four questions for this, for this chapter here. Uh, so question number one says, is it true that if a prophet speaks a word from the Lord that it, it is unchangeable? No. It's not true, well, but it's a prophet. And it's not just a prophet, it's Isaiah, right? The great prophet. Uh, is it unchangeable? No. Uh, where did David have to encourage himself in the Lord? Ziklag, Ziklag right? Uh, and so, uh, and then... Um, why does the, does the Lord's eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth? Show himself strong to those who fully trust him, right? And so, uh, you know, I want the Lord. You remember the stories with Jesus uh, where, uh, like blind Bartimaeus, when he was crying out to the Lord, uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says, and Jesus stopped. Uh, you know, faith will cause the Lord to stop, right? Because he's looking to and fro. Right throughout the whole earth to show him to find someone that he can show himself strong to, and so what if what happens when he finds them? He stops looking, and what does he do? He he gives them the, the, his attention, and uh, they get what they believe in God for. So uh, if you want the Lord to stop, then you know have faith, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, and we didn't go over this in the class, but we'll see if you know the answer to the question, right? Uh, does the Lord bring or even allow by desire? difficult things to come into your life? Um, uh, and, you know, the answer is no. And, of course, you know, that you can talk a lot about that, you know, but the, the context of what we're talking about is specifically sickness and disease, right? It does, is the Lord bringing sickness and disease into your life uh, by his desire? No, he's never doing that, right? He's, uh, there may be things that are difficult that he needs you to do, but a lot of times people act like the Lord is putting them in difficult situations, you know, like a pawn, like, well, let's see what, you know, let's see how they handle this one, right? Uh, and I don't believe the Lord is doing that at all, right? Uh, and for sure, in the area of sickness and disease, he is not bringing sickness and disease in your life at all, because he doesn't have it to begin with, but he's never using that as a tool to teach or train or to increase your, your spiritual piety at all, amen? Mm -hmm. And yet some people believe that, well, the Lord's uh, brought this sickness in my life to help me be more pious, right? What does that even mean, right? I mean, how do you come, become more pious because of sickness and disease? You feel bad, right? So you feel like doing nothing. So, um, But that, that was a good chapter there, you know, uh, starting out with Hezekiah and then showing how that sometimes, you know, sometimes you may be the only one. I mean, the prophet came to Hezekiah and didn't even pray for him. He said, hey, you're going to die. See ya. Thanks for the help, right? I mean, the prophets were usually there to bring the word of the Lord and assistance to the king, right? Uh, he said, uh, you're going to die. Uh, get your house in order. And, uh, you know, if you don't want that chariot, can I have it when you're gone? Uh, you know, I mean, he, uh, um, he just left him on his own, right? So Hezekiah had to do it himself. Sometimes there will be things that you'll have to do on your own, amen? Yeah. Not a sad thing, it's just a thing, right? Uh, and so... Let's pray and thank the Lord for his, for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you that uh, uh, there may be times and seasons where we have to find 
uh, our paths with you by ourselves, Father. But you said in your word that you're looking to and fro, that your eyes are looking to and fro the whole earth, Father, to find somebody that you can show yourself strong to. And so, Father, we want your eyes to see us, see our faith, Father. We choose to believe. We choose to believe your word. We choose to believe what you said is so. And when you see us, Father, we thank you that you will stop and that you will show yourself strong on our behalf. Uh, you said you would, Father, and so we believe that. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready and receive uh, uh, this afternoon's offering. And um, I mentioned it this morning, too, but uh, on Friday at 1130 uh, in the morning, I'm going to be doing a, um, a healing class for it's a, a conference that this church up in um, uh, New York is having. And they asked me to do a, um, a healing class by video. And so uh, we'll have uh, uh, details uh, online about that. Uh, there'll be a link, I'm sure, somewhere that you can click. And it's not with the Zoom, but there'll be a link somewhere that you click on the Internet. And you can watch the video there. And so if you want to join that, uh, you, go out to, you can go out to our Facebook page or let me know. We can get that link to you. We'll find a way to, to get it to you somehow. Uh, I'll probably be doing it here. Uh, and so, yeah, if you want to come to the church, you're, of course, you're welcome to come to the church. It might actually make it easier to actually see people, right? Um, and so, because uh, they want us to stand up while we're doing it. And so, uh, so that'll be Thursday at, uh, uh, we have to start the thing at 11, but the, the actual service starts at 1130. So, all right, praise God. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And, um, and then, of course, it's uh, middle of February, so I think we said something about, um, when it gets around the close to April, we're going to be renovating the sanctuary here. So we'll figure out what we do about the, uh, about the services. They said that it'll take two or three weeks to get everything put back together. So because we've got to demo everything and then, and then they're going to put it all back together. Right. So we've got to get all that coordinated and, and figure out, uh, how we can minimize their downtime here in the sanctuary. Right. And so it'll be nice when we get it done, but, uh, and we've needed to do it for a while, but it's, it's just, you know, you don't want to disrupt the church, right? Uh, and so, but all this well, we'll figure that out. Well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and you're dismissed.